What's up, everybody? This is Doc Joe Brown, real name, no gimmicks. And this is Pro Wrestling Talk for the Pistons fan. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Pro Pistons. That's P-R-O-P-I-S-T-O-N-S. That's right. And don't forget the Pro Wrestling Tees store, www.prowrestlingtees.com slash P-W-T-P-F. On October 20th, Wednesday, October 20th. We're almost a month away. Pistons opening night against the Chicago Bulls. Come through. Say what's up. I'm going to be sitting in section DRM 28, row 5. That's drink rail, row 5. So as soon as you come in, you'll see my daughter. She'll be terrorizing the whole joint. Ah! I'm busy, man. I'm busy. It's the start of the semester. That's why they call me the doc. Real name, no gimmicks. I don't... <laughs> Yo, man, I recorded this with I Am Brewster, like, big-time show supporter, and I appreciate him. He's probably going to put me in an RKO out of nowhere the next time he sees me. But, man, life, life, baby, life is wild right now. Some of y'all know, and I appreciate the support, man. My daughter... Uh, it was it was scary for a moment. We thought she had the Rona. It turns out she had that uh, hand, foot, and mouth. That's what it's called, hand, foot, and mouth. That's going around Wayne County. I know it sounds like an odd name, but look it up, man. Watch out for your, your little ones. It, it really impacts those like under seven. It's like a new chicken pox. Basically, that's the base, base, best way I can describe it. But we're blessed, man. We're blessed. It, it's not like a life-threatening type of anything like that. It just, man, it, it is just... Man, you and your spouse gonna get real close during that time. You gonna you gonna get real close, cause man, you gotta you gotta get you gotta be there and you gotta tend to them. That fever, you gotta tend to them, man. You gotta tend to them. The cult of personality. Straight edge is back, man. Straight edge is back, man. People were wilding. People, <laughs> people were wilding, man. Like AEW is is yo, they wild. They like, yo, man, just go out there and crowd surf. What what I'm gonna do? I don't know. Just go out there and crowd surf. They wanna see you. What I appreciate about being a wrestling fan is we live in our own world. We live in our own world. Like literally, we the next day, I think CM Punk came back on a Friday, like maybe a month ago now. Saturday, I'm at the store. You see CM Punk came back last night? Lady looking at me like, what the hell? It's fun, man. It's fun. It's so fun right now. Like I can't put into words how fun this is right now. Uh, this literally has Monday Night Wars vibes. And it's not because there's a war between the two companies or anything like that. It's just as the fans, we we really benefit from it. We really do. I It, it really makes me wish that we had social media during the Monday Night Wars. It, it really does because the memes are funny. The even watching people beef, it's annoying, but it's funny because y'all got y'all got jokes. Y'all y'all got some jokes. I used to do this thing like way back when we started the show. If you go back in the early episodes, we didn't even have intro music. We was po man. We, we was the po podcast. But I used to think like, oh, you should try to watch this. You should try. just try to watch everything. Wrestling is back, right? This is, wrestling, man. Look. Don't miss out on these good times because 10 years from now, we're going to be like, those were the days. Those were the days. Don't 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 look back and say those were the days. Be like, yo, this is the time. It's my time. I'm in my zone. Shout out to Ken Shamrock. Daniel Bryan in AEW. Adam Cole, baby. He in AEW. Big E got the belt in WWE. The Tribal Chief is running SmackDown, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks, DMD. It is lit! Who is an angry wrestling fan right now? Pistons, got K Cunningham. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Yo, so I wanted to start this series 
talking about WCW because I we're in a period right now where we're getting further and further away from WCW and there's just I don't know I just I just want to talk about WCW was a gym and one thing about I am Brewster and and that's his Twitter handle is Brew is the type of fan that you want to meet okay I I talked to Brew for over an hour about WCW and it's going to be broken up into multiple episodes and I'm hoping that I can have him back on but then he's going to be like, why am I going to come on your show if you're not going to post the episode until three, six years later? But uh, <laughs> I have stuff going on. But everything that he does for WCW nostalgia, he's a WCW historian, right? He's voluntarily reading a 600-page book about WCW. He's voluntarily going through every episode of Monday Night Nitro. Like, that's the type of person that you want to meet because you're going you're gonna to get the facts. Like... He's not trying to get downloads. He's doing it for the love. So it don't hurt that he's a Spartan. Go green. You know what I'm saying? Swag. Like he literally said that his family used to essentially have a picnic every single Nitro. Like WCW is in his bloods. New blood rising. I understand that bloods is not a word. Like I'm not talking about the gang. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what made me say that, but enjoy the episode. Thank you all for your downloads. Thank you all for your support. Peace. Yo, what's up, man? What's going on, Dr. Brown? Sorry about that, man. Like, every time I get, like, every time I, like, start recording a show, like, my daughter has to come in. <laughs> or, like, <laughs> I think the dog is in here now. I'm like, get out of here. Like, I I just told him, too, like, hey, I'm about to start recording. Wolfpack. <laughs> Wolfpack shirt on. I just got back from a, a carnival with the family, so we got on Tiger okay. stuff, man. But the hardest, the hardest theme song ever, 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 man. (laughs) Uh, Wait, C-Murder did that or? I've heard people say that, but then I heard someone say that it was, it's actually some smaller rapper that used to do like house stuff for Turner that did it. Yeah, yeah. I I always heard it was a rumor it was the No Limit uh, guys because, you know, it kind of makes sense too. Yeah, they had uh, had that relationship. Look, I wanted to, like, I always start series and then. The only reason I do start them is because I don't want anybody else to steal my idea. Then I'm like, who else in the hell has a show that talks about basketball and wrestling? So I, just, I shouldn't really have to worry about that, you know? Like, yeah. But right. uh, so I started this thing where um, we were talking about where people were the last time the Pistons won the championship. And I got like, I got like a few shows reported, right? You know, people that were like adult during that time. Like how yeah. old were you in 04? I was 12 and I was vividly, will never forget. I was crying in my living room watching them do the trophy ceremony. Afterwards. Oh, okay. Morning, yeah. I woke up, ran, ran to the uh, to the local market and got the newspaper with the, with the championship on it and stuff. I was so pumped. With the payday. Didn't, didn't it say that payday on the front? I, well, I had, I had, I was from Grand Rapids side, so I didn't have the Detroit Free Press. We had the, uh, the Grand Rapids stuff, but um yeah, man, dude, that whole year, I can remember every morning I'd wake up for school, I'd sit in my bed and I'd pray and say, God, please help the Pistons win a championship. They're like, don't even try to guard Shaq. Like, you can't <laughs> just. Although, dude, I always give a huge shout out to Eldon Campbell was just bouncing with him and bumping with him. And everyone, yeah. no one ever remembers Eldon Campbell was just like taking lumps in the post with Shaq that entire time. Yeah, yeah, no, Eldon was like critical man Eldon Rasheed and like really we ran the whole team from one to ten basically outside yeah, of the dark I, I, 
I was actually at state at that time, believe it or not. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and you know, what's crazy is people like you, believe it or not, Detroiters are somewhat in the minority at state. And it was like a bunch of kids that hated the Pistons that were like from Grand Rapids, uh, Kalamazoo and things like which was shocking to me. I'm like, what? It was almost like you were in the minority. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Ba- basketball in the state of Michigan's always been weird. You know, I don't know if we want to go all the way into that, but um mm-hmm. like 97, like post Grant Hill injury up until like 2001 ish because Iverson ran the league at that, the Eastern Conference at that time. Yeah. Um and the Nets, yeah. Yeah, and and I was people were just basically like, we don't have a guy like that, you know, <laughs> like yeah. we don't have a guy like that, and then it just turned out, yeah, so quick. I don't think people realize how quick it turned around, which has me a little hopeful for this team, um, even though it's a different day and age. Like during that time, you could rebuild a team under the radar, but you can't really do it now. Everybody knows what you're doing, like. Because of the internet, all 30 teams are under the magnifying glass and everything. So, I don't know, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm in L.A. I'm in South Bay. Get out of here, man. How, yeah. how'd, you go from, Beach. how'd you go from state to West Coast? Uh, well, I worked in Lansing for a year and a half after I graduated state. And then I just had a good friend that um, had a job opening out here. And I was like, I don't, I'm sick of living in Lansing. Like you don't, you know, you don't want to be the guy who lives in the college town after you graduate. Like it's like the most pathetic thing that you could possibly do doing. So I was like, just get me out of here. And I had a, I had a bunch, there's a bunch of Michigan state people out here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I, I live with a Michigan state person. That I didn't even know in college. Most of my friends are Michigan state alums. So um, yeah, man, I'm five minutes from the beach in Hermosa beach, California. Oh, uh, man, that's a beautiful thing. There are a lot of, hey, yo, the state alumni are deep out there. Like, I always feel when I yeah. go to uh, SoCal, like, I don't even need to book a hotel room. Like, I'll call somebody and they'll, they'll be around. Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, it wasn't that surprising because I remember growing up, it felt like everyone I knew growing up was always like, someday I'll go to L.A., someday I'll go to the beach. Like, yeah. everyone, like, fantasizes about going to either Florida or, or L.A. and when you're in Michigan in the winter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I came back to the hood, like, after I graduated. What is – you run Spartans Wire? Yep, yep. SpartansWire.usatoday.com. That, that's hey, my site. I've got two really, really good writers there. So uh, I've been doing that for, like – yeah, they, they hired me right right before Michigan State beat the Zion Duke team. No Because they way. didn't have anyone running – they had, like, a gap. They didn't have anyone running the site. And then Michigan State started going off. They're like, man, we got to get someone on this site. So – I, I was, I got connected because I was writing a little bit about the Pistons actually for Piston Powered. Okay. And someone, uh, Brendan Welper, re, re, uh, referred me over there. Um, so I got really lucky, man. And like, that's not my full time job. It's like a side side hustle for me. But that's a hell of a side hustle. It, it, it is, man. I, I'm I'm really blessed. You know, there's been times when it's been really time consuming. Um, luckily now, I've got a really good team with me, so things are a little bit less crazy. But when I when I started with them. I was by myself writing like 130 posts a month, just like grinding. <laughs> Yo, it's crazy because you you have a lot of Michigan in you. Like everybody that you talk to from Michigan, like my relatives told me this. They'll be like, what do you do? Oh, like I cut grass and be like, oh, but I own a car wash on the side. Like we do like. <laughs> also culture. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like, it's such a like, um, even though. Um, That's yeah, awesome. You, you got to have like, man, you, you can't be broke out here. You got to do. A lot of different things. 
especially when you're in the the wrestling figure game and in the shoe game and that, you're all you're crazy with the memorabilia hey no 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 i just do you oh so what got me into that was i'm looking at the clock was when my daughter was born i always like oh if i have a child like i want to bring them up into wrestling like when when I was coming up, and actually this is a great segue into the conversation, it's like like WrestleMania three, my family went, like my whole family went. Like dad, wow. we have a picture of us like I like my dad, that was like a family thing. Like that's um I think he really got into it because I have a cousin, he's on the show a lot. And my cousin, his father, um, unfortunately became like a paraplegic when we were like four. So my dad kind of took them in or whatever. Not like his dad was still around, like you know, around the house, but I guess my dad was like, oh, this is how I can connect with him. So, he, you know, he took us to everything, all the wrestling shows, anytime they were in town and stuff like that. So when I had my daughter, I'm like, I'm going to just start. Um, I had a lot of wrestling figures and then I kind of faded away from it. So then I started buying her stuff and then I'm, AEW was starting. And I was like, oh, I can start a series one. I like, like she was literally born like three days before double or nothing. And then they started coming out with the Jazzwear stuff, like, I don't know, like September of that year. So I was like, okay, I'll get her all the females. I'll get her Brandy. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, then I got to get me stuff. So then I just got back into it. <laughs> I just got back into it really heavy. For me growing up, like my, my family was a WCW house, which is kind of weird up north because up north is supposed to be like the WWE territory. But my, uh, my dad's side of the family was Virginia and they just always loved wcw and nwa so that's what i was growing up with the only wwe that i knew was i had i had SummerSlam 1993 on tape so i watched that that's that's the the bret hart mr perfect match it's like one of my favorite matches ever i used to watch that all the time uh but aside from that we had like because i mean i was born in 1992 so like growing up we'd watch i remember flashes in my head we watched nitro every single monday starting like right when it came out so I had like throw parties. Yeah, my family, we'd watch it when the pay-per-views came out. We'd put a blanket down on the living room floor and get have like an indoor picnic and watch every pay-per-view together. And we'd tape everything. So I'd be like, that was the thing like, back then. You had to yeah, tape so, it. So even as I got older, it was like 2000-ish, and a lot of people were just watching Raw and WCW. It was kind of going down the tubes. I was still watching tapes of Nitros from 1997. So yeah. that was like that was my thing growing up was WCW and I'd, I'd play all the WCW games, all the WCW figures. That was my that was my stuff. Do you know if Ted Turner is still alive? Just randomly, he he is. He's in like critical condition. Um, I think like he's he's really, really sick. Yeah. Wow. I, 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 yeah. I didn't know like, that. I would. I, I said it jokingly, but I won't. You know, I didn't know he was in that bad of shape. I thought he would just be old. No, I wanted to have you on too, just to like, because I want to talk about more. I want to have a series where I just talk more about WCW, especially what people remember about it. And like AEW, I would I would say this: WCW was more of a competitor to WWF than AEW is now. And I know people won't think it because of the Twitterverse and everything, but just financially in the history, I think that's what separates um aew from the wwf because wwf can always go way back and you know pull at those nostalgic strings and wcw could do that too with that nwa title um which kind of brought you in you know what i mean because they had all of these uh historic figures from down south you know most notably rick flair and then um uh uh, the, uh 
almost said Cody Rhodes is dead. Sorry, Dustin. I apologize. Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. That, that would have been so Cody Rhodes dead. But uh, yeah, Dusty Rhodes. So they could pull at you with the history and they could show that iconic film, which made them immediately a competitor. Something that I remember about WCW was they were willing to try anything. And you and I have talked about this online. Like they had World War Three, which was the Royal Rumble with three rings. Like <laughs> so bad. <laughs> And they, they also had the uh, the three cages stacked the three, on each other. The three cages stacked up. Like, um, they had that. War Games, which NXT does now, and I'm sure they'll do it in a couple months, with the two rings. They were taking wrestling like, hey, let's just throw it at the wall. Let's just see what – even before Eric Bischoff. Like, let's, let's just see what they <laughs> – yeah, well, this to, may to, work out. To, to kind of – I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick rebuttal to some, to some of what you said. Like, sure. I, I think that they weren't like a real competitor to WWF until they started Nitro. And of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because before that, like there was the gap period between like nine, 90 and 95 or 94 before they really started doing Nitros. And it kind of like if you go back, like there was some good pay-per-views, like some of the Halloween Havocs with Vader and Sting was the man, but it kind of looked rinky dink compared to WWF. WWF was like shot so much better. It looked like, you said the WrestleMania three was your first where you went. Like I love to watch WrestleMania three now because it still looks amazing. Like the production value is next level. WCW looked kind of bad until Nitro, and then so right now I've I've been watching every Nitro and then every Raw starting from the first Nitro, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost done with 1996 right now, and Nitro just blew Raw out of the water for a couple of years there, and it was live. And, and raws weren't live a lot of them were taped and like just the production values and um the way that they shot it um I, you know that's something that i that's a similarity between wcw and aw now for me is how they shoot the crowd even though aw is not always in big venues it feels like energy you i talk about this energy. a lot too yeah i talk <laughs> Yeah, and, and dude wwe like i'm not here to bad i'm not a wwe hater i watch every pay-per-view Oh, no, um, I, I just watch good wrestling. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, but the SummerSlam, it disappointed me because if you look at WrestleMania three compared to SummerSlam this this last weekend, they're both football stadiums, but WrestleMania three feels big. Like, the way that they're shooting the angles, like, you see all the crowd. WWE, with all the cuts and everything so zoomed in on the action, it, it, it all feels small to me, and I feel like AEW leans into, like, the angles and the crowd better. What's up, y'all? This is RJ here, and you can find me on Twitter at RJ underscore Hunt 36, and you're listening to Pro Wrestling Talk for the Pistons fans. You dig? Uh, I remember watching, I think it was um, Bash at the Beach, maybe, and that's when that little trailer came by, and they were like, oh, we're going to start Monday Night Nitro. And I was watching, and my brother was like, that won't work. And I was like, why? He's like, that's the same time as Raw. Like, me and my brother, we joke about that conversation. And, and then we, we were actually, he and I were talking. We were like, maybe they made a mistake. <laughs> like, like yeah. as we're watching the pay-per-view and they're saying, like, oh, we're going to start this new show in the fall. Yeah, we're like, oh, maybe they made a mistake. The other thing was, which I think they're, they're still, like, but there's still, like, fingerprints of WCW all over wrestling, right? Even though they're gone was before Nitro, as you were referencing, Nitro really set the bar. But before Nitro, they really emphasized that studio wrestling show. So now you get it with NWA, 
Now you get it a lot with TNA where they set up uh, what at that time, I don't even know if you remember this. Now I'm sounding like an old head. Uh, <laughs> MGM Studios and Disney World, I think, oh, it's yeah. now, I think it's now Hollywood Studios or whatever. They pretty much just set up shop there. So it's like you come in for vacation and you go watch a wrestling show. And I think that's where they shot like uh, WCW Worldwide and things like yep. that. Yeah, and they also shot some nitros there in '96, at, right yep. at the beginning of the NWO. Um, yep. so they shot some. They shot a couple episodes there. But do like and people like, night. You said Nitro's fingerprints all over the place. Like, Raw Raw was not a good show before Nitro started. It was just like the big stars going out and doing a squash match. They do like some type of an angle, but it wasn't the Raw that we remember of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and McMahon and stuff. Exactly. Like Nitro, like pushed them, and you know, kind of going back to the AEW WCW parallel that we're bringing up. I think Nitro, it can be argued, and WCW was the best thing that ever happened to WWF at the time. Of course, because it made them step their game up, and it also had a place for stars that couldn't get on TV in WWF to go and get hot and then now that they're hot they can go back to wwf and be even bigger stars and i almost have a conspiracy theory that i think wwe now is like take take some of those guys we don't have screen time for them anyway get big and then they can come back in two years and they'll be like the returning storyline yeah uh, uh you know what and and i mean that i've heard people say that too and then the other thing is there's something going on that we don't know. I mean, because McMahon just joked. He was like, maybe we can give him more talent. You know what I mean? So they're yeah. billionaires. They're about that. Yeah. yeah, they're usually like three steps ahead of even even an old washed up, you know, probably senile billionaires. You know, he's still two and a half steps ab above you and I, our fresh mind. You mentioned Raw and I just come up with these random things. And maybe you know this, maybe you don't. So Nitro was live. That's a fact. And that pushed WWF to say, okay, we got to go live. But during that time, the USA Network and NBC wouldn't let them go yeah, live. Yeah. They, they said it was too expensive. So what they started to do was they started to show the tape show and they would make Jerry the King Lawler do a live voiceover. So yeah, yeah. you would think that the show is live because he would say things like, the score of the Monday night football game. <laughs> yeah, yeah like they're trying to gimmick it. Yeah. <laughs> you would think like, oh man, this is live, but <laughs> they're trying to trip us out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which which that that in itself is like ingenious. Like whoever thought of that was just like, wow. So so we'll we'll have Jerry the King Lawler do like a live co commentary from his home or wherever they were in Stanford, Connecticut. So you're right. It pushed them. And then they finally got that um that live feed, which then it just all exploded by then. But um, the other thing is that I recall, just because you mentioned time, was that um, WCW, now this I don't know for sure. I got, The timing I may have off. I don't know if Raw was an hour and then Nitro was an hour. And then Raw went to two hours and Nitro went to two hours, right? So they were playing this time game. And then Vince McMahon was like, we're starting at 7.57. And then, yeah. <laughs> so they would start at 7, like three minutes. And then before. Nitro went to three hours. They yeah, went, and then after that, Nitro was like, okay, we'll just go three hours. <laughs> and, that, and that's like, there's like so many, uh, we, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go into some of my thoughts about like what happened to Nitro, but Eric Bischoff even said like going to three hours killed them. And it, oh, yeah. it sucks now for Raw, like a wrestling show shouldn't be three hours for a TV show. It's Yeah, so. I thought that was funny, just the little tactics, the pre-technology tactics. So McMahon thought, like, if we can go on at 757, 
then maybe we'll get you locked in and you won't turn, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they will always have these like really fast starts to raw to try to not to get you to turn over to, um, they used to do, um, nitro, uh, like pre preempted sometimes because of the NBA playoffs or yeah, the NBA playoffs used to come on TBS or TNT or whatever. And it would like, you know how they would do those crazy NWO run-ins mm-hmm. or whatever to end the show or the Yeti just pops out or whatever. So for me, it was great to have wrestling like running straight into basketball. I thought it was like, okay, this is awesome. And you would know that Ernie Johnson would be watching wrestling because if something funny happened at the end, he would be laughing when it came on the air. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like he'd be smiling or something. I guess they would be showing him like the live feed of Nitro and then be saying, okay, now you're on. Because he would have like a smirk on his face or he would have like a reaction to what happened in those final moments of Nitro. So I thought, I just thought that was pretty cool. I thought I'd give you some thoughts on what I think made it special and also what I think kind of made it suck after a while because Nitro definitely started to suck over time. And I, um, so first thing, like starting from the beginning, like they definitely started off as a weird kind of juxtaposition because they had a lot of the cartoony stuff of like the early 90s wrestling and they had, um, John John Kenta, who was Earthquake, like he was Shark Guy, and they had like some of that goofy stuff. And but they then, cut half his mustache off. Yeah, like they, they had a lot of that car- cartoony BS that the WWF was doing, where everyone was a cartoon character. And then all of a sudden, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash show up, and that's where that combined with them being live just had like such a more like realistic energy than the, than what WWF was doing at the time. And it just felt like exciting. Like, like even now, if you put on a raw, like, or put on a nitro from late 1996, I would recommend people check it out on Peacock. It's exciting. Like you can feel yeah. the, you can, it's loud. That, that's I'm, I'm actually starting to get some of those vibes these last couple of weeks with AEW. You know, I don't think that they're going to sustain it, but like, I felt like that energy with AEW the last couple of weeks with punk and stuff. Yeah, no, it's loud. I've told people this before. Like if you watch the NFL on CBS, like they have the mics in the crowd where then you switch to NBC and NBC focuses more on like Romo and things like that the mm-hmm. commentary but like you can watch the like a game you'll turn it on CBS like just average Sunday and you'll naturally be drawn in more to the game on CBS and the score might be like 49 to 3 but you can hear the crowd better and you're right that's what WCW does and then you turn to the game on NBC it's a much better game, but you can't hear the crowd the way you do on CBS. Yeah. So, no, I agree with you, man. I agree. Yeah, it just felt like things were like things were happening there. Half like it was it was really fun because you mentioned the NWO finish. Like that's like a, a term because every single episode it felt like here's a new guy in the NWO and they're beating down Ric Flair and Sting in the ring. And it, but the sad thing about Nitro is. And this is what WWF does so much better is telling a complete story. WCW could never finish their stories. It was just heat, heat, heat. The bad guys are winning over and over again, but you never got the payoff of the good guy finally winning. And like Starcade 97, I've seen that so many times because I love Sting growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a bummer, man. Like that finish, that, I don't know if you, when the last time you've seen that match, but. It's such a bummer. Like they botched, they're trying to do like a Montreal screw job type angle with Bret yes, Hart and yes, Hogan sir. and Sting. And they made Sting like look like a loser. And he, he finally beats Hogan, but it's like Hogan looked really strong in it. It's like 
you know, <laughs> they they were yeah. making so much money from both ends, from the fans and from uh, Mr. Turner. And, you know, I'll say that just because I know he's sick and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, he did a lot. He did all he could do for, for the business. But I, I agree with you on that. Also, I think WCW, and it's funny because, you know, you go down a YouTube rabbit hole or whatever, and I know a lot of these guys are getting old, just like you hear to la- watch The Last Dance, and, you know, these guys are getting old, like, I don't remember stuff from 20 years ago, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. so theirs is going to be blurry, too. But the stories are so far off about what was supposed to happen. Like, you'll, you'll watch a million YouTube videos, and it'll be from the actual participants, Right. And they'll tell you, like, none of them, you can't even read through the lines to get what the truth was. So mm-hmm. that tells me that backstage, nothing was ever clear. Like, even with, um, you know, the um, Vince Russo, the night that Booker T won the title for the first time, right? Like, the stories are so far off. Like, when you talk to Hogan, when you talk to Bischoff, when you talk to uh, Vince Russo, when you talk to Booker T, and you're like, they weren't communicating like they, like Hogan yeah. says, oh, it was supposed to happen like that. Vince Russo was like, no, we never talked about that. And Booker T is like, well, I got told, but you're like, what the hell was supposed to happen that night? Like, yeah, so there, there was like, you could tell that there's just like too many cooks in the kitchen in the back and, and every wrestler, like they're there. They had guaranteed contracts, so they had no like accountability and they're all just like put, throwing their weight around. Yeah. Hogan had a creative control for his stuff. So like if he didn't want that match to go down like that. They couldn't make him do it. So it's just like, I, I think that one thing that a, a huge difference between AEW and WCW would be that at least say what you want about Tony Khan, at least the buck ends with him and it stops there. WWE, the buck stops with McMahon. You at least have one person's vision at all times and they're executing that vision and you don't have all these divas yeah. like giving their thoughts and like, no, this should happen. I, I can't get pinned by this guy. Like, that's but still my Nitro from '96 to '98 is my favorite wrestling show of all time. It is up there. It is up there. I didn't. I didn't like when they were bringing the celebrities. You know, they brought in Jay Jay Leno. They that brought in yeah. uh, Dennis Rodman, Carl uh, Malone, which is famously mentioned on the Last Dance. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, but we all knew that before anything. They they brought in uh, David Arquette because they had that movie. I think the movie was called Ready to Rumble or something yeah. like that. You can look Bad it up. Movie. Yeah, oh, terrible movie. They Master P. Oh my gosh, they brought in Master <laughs> P. Um, and and you know what? You thought about it. <laughs> yeah, at least that story is consistent, and it Master P still does things like that today. He said one of his bodyguards wanted to be a wrestler, so he just got into it to try, hopefully try to you know parlay him into being going down to the power plant. I was gonna mention the power plant, but. NXT is the power plant. Just two thousand. The, leg- the legacy of po- the, the power plant. Like you got to give them credit for making that. Yeah, oh. WWE definitely thought that was a good idea and, and took that idea later on. And they would advertise it too. That was the first time, Brew, that I knew about wrestling school because I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow!" They like the commercials would be like, "Hey, we'll teach you how to wrestle." And I was like, "Wow!" Like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they were just kind of pulling back the third wall. Like, you know, this isn't real. It's core guy. Like the commercials would literally come on during um the wrestling. Like, hey, if you want to be a wrestler, I'm like, wow, that's kind of interesting. They just they just kind of ripped the lid off of it and or whatever. Um the other thing, what about the symbol when they changed the symbol at the end? 
Oh, man. oh I, I don't want to be too crass, but I, I, that 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 has always been known as the exploding vagina symbol. <laughs> and, dude, that that thing is awful. Like I, I remember as a kid when they changed, it, I was like, why? And they changed the set too, and it had like that. It was like a galaxy background. I like the set. I, like the set. I, like I didn't the set. like the wow. symbol. Like I thought it made for a good stage. But the mm. symbol was terrible. Oh, and I forgot to mention Kiss. Remember they brought in the demons. Oh, I, I actually just watched that the other day. I, I was skipping around up to yeah, that was so bad. Um, but I, I like the original set a lot more. I just felt like it it had like a presence to it, like and people coming out there and the, all the fans screaming on the sides with the metal with the metal rail posts, and it, it felt like it had a longer like entrance to the ring than WWF had for some reason and. I, I just love that vibe. And then they changed it to that other. I feel like they're trying to match what WWF was doing with like stage that had the stage down rather. And I just, I didn't like that quite as much. And yeah, that symbol was terrible. And pretty much everything they did after they changed that symbol was, was nuts and made no sense. And get yeah. Vince Russo winning the title, which is one of the worst things of all time. It's horrible, man. Yeah, it did. It did get pretty bad. Remember, they had to D DJ in the crowd for a while because they were saying like Nitro is a party. Oh yeah, the, yeah. They cut to like all like the the college kids and stuff at the Nitro yep. parties too. No, they had Nitro parties. I did like the Nitro dancers. You could tell this was like. So it's funny because I go to like um. Just different. Like you go to Disney World, right? Any anywhere. You go to Cedar Point, and you're like, you know, this all started in somebody's mind. Like, hey, we're gonna have a roller coaster. Hey, you know, for the kids, we're gonna have Snoopy. Bischoff, you could tell. Like, I'm watching. I'm literally sitting here watching Bischoff's mind on a TV. He's like, right. we should have girls. Okay, let's let's have a girl. We should have DJ. Okay, we should have Kiss. Okay, let's like like I'm literally sitting here watching this TV show, and it looks like. The inside of Eric Bischoff's mind. Like, um, do you remember this, uh, Brew? And, and it's okay, I'll call you Brew, right? I'm just... Yeah, yeah, it, that's real name, no gimmicks. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you recall, this is when uh, Nitro is on the downfall. And we'll we'll meet it. Hopefully I can have your attention again one night to talk about this, but... I, I'm always down to talk WCW. Okay. <laughs> do you recall when they had the first hour, they were really on a downward spiral. They didn't know what to do with three hours of TV. And the first hour was just all vignettes, com NWO commercials. How bad was that? <laughs> like the first hour of television was nothing but the following has been sponsored by the NWO. And it was just them acting like jerks. And then they went to the, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, I'm grabbing something. So I'm actually, <laughs> I'm reading right now. This is, dude. I'm such a nerd for WCW. I'm I'm reading this 600 page book on what? Nitro, and I'm almost done with it. And uh, Eric Bischoff talks a lot in his interviews in that book about how, yeah, he fought really hard against the three hours. He knew it wasn't going to work. It was going to ruin the show, and it and it did. Plus, they had two hours of Thunder, which Thunder sucked. Which Thunder is why was he claimed that he got. Bret Hart, because Bret Hart was supposed to manage. Yeah, because they needed more talent on the show. Because all of a yeah. sudden they're spread so thin. Um, but then they just, yeah, they 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 never did any like all of their baby faces. They they never did anything with the baby faces because the NWO was just running roughshod over everyone for like two years straight. Wow, they never got their comeuppance or anything like that's how that's how I look at it. I mean, they had some good moments like DDP coming in and like starting to do the diamond cutter on all of them, like. Sting did technically win clean against Hogan at, at Slamboree 98. Um, so that at least gave him that. But like 
it was tough, man. Um, but the one thing I will say about like their format, and you, we have we have to touch on this, is like the cruiser weights were so fire. Oh my goodness, you stole my last note. That, that <laughs> is that is cruiserweight wrestling. Like we've never gotten back to that point ever again, in, in my opinion, in wrestling history. Um, and to prove how good they were, like you still cut on every Friday night, and Ray Mysterio's there, still there, and. I'm like, I don't think people understand just how good Ray Mysterio Jr. is. I, I don't, I don't think they understand yeah. it. Like, like he was this, at WCW too, especially before he got on this the steroids and beefed up and has kind of yeah. slowed down a little bit. He was, he's still is. He's, I mean, Ricochet is probably the closest today to what he does. If they would let still, him do him, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they weren't I holding mean, him, but but, yeah. Let's go through the Dean Malenko, Ray Mysterio Jr., um, Jericho. Uh, Eddie Jericho, Eddie Guerrero, um, they did that Hooven little two. thing. too. they did the thing with Disco Inferno where he was trying to lose weight to get in the Yeah. Day. you recall that? My, my boy Blitzkrieg, who I put you on to with that yes. 1999 pay-per-view, <laughs> who just, like, vanished from wrestling and started becoming, like, an IT guy. <laughs> Yo, man, it was good, too. It was yeah. really, really good. And so I thought that um, AEW would try to bring that back, you know, and this is not an AEW podcast or anything, but when Marco stunt was so in bed with Cody Rhodes and everything, I was like, Oh, they're gonna. Cause I was pretty much like for a while in my mind, I I'm not like, Oh, I said that, but Cody and I are the same age and I was pretty much picking their spots, their whole like layout, like the first four months. I was like, Oh, he's probably going to do this. And I was like, you know, he's probably going to have Marco Stunt be like the figurehead for this lightweight division. Because I was like, everything he's doing is so, but he's not, he hasn't gone there yet. So I, I don't know what he's doing. I, I think I have some, so I, yeah, this actually is perfect. So I, I had a point that I was going to make. I was going to, I was going to blow your mind. because I was going to relate the WCW cruiserweights to the AEW talent to the Wolfpack. Oh, okay. So let so me, I've got, let me I've got a galaxy brain take coming on, but. So the thing about WCW with the cruiserweights, and I remember thinking this as a kid, was I love these guys. There's the guys I'd love to wrestle with on the video games. Like, I love Dean Malenko. I love Rey Mysterio Jr. I mean, they're, they're like my size as a kid. They're smaller. Mm-hmm. And they made me think that, like, maybe I could get in the ring and scrap a little bit. So I, I loved And their matches were all great. But you never, except for the one match that Rey Mysterio Jr. had with Kevin Nash, they never had, like, a main storyline like their storylines always felt like a smaller part of the show. And that's the one with wrestling that always confused me because in boxing and MMA, Floyd Mayweather is one of the biggest draws. Conor right. McGregor, it doesn't matter. It's their weight class. It's not that they're lesser, less than, but wrestling has never like presented the cruiser weights of like, this is the main event angle of the show is Chris Jericho reading the list with Dean Malenko. It was like a segment earlier on and you're waiting for the NWO to come out. I always was like, why can't you guys just treat them like the bigger deal? And I think that the reason why AEW doesn't want to go that route is because, I mean, first of all, like Jungle Boy is someone that might be an AEW champion someday, but he's a lightweight wrestler. So is he going to get stuck in the cruiserweights then? Yeah, I mean, that, that, and that's, that's honestly cool with me. Like, I like the cruiserweights, but they need to like really commit to treating it like another division instead of like, this is less than the world championship. Like this is just another weight class. They need to figure out where like, can people go back and forth? How does that work? Um, but my, what I was going to get to, which my galaxy brain thing, like I always felt like the cruiser weights were kept, kept from being the main event. I was also obviously a Wolfpack guy. 
And I, I always felt like the Wolfpack was like, they're kind of like, they didn't know what to do with them. Like they were really popular and they had the awesome song and people awesome. loved them. They were, they never had like the big main event run in WCW. Like they're always like kind of like mid Carters, even though it had Sting, it had Luger, it had Nat, you know, it, it was, it, they never, if you look back at the pay-per-view main events, like they just never really got there. Mm-hmm. And I always thought what they could have done with them instead, they're, they're kind of like mid card, uh, mid card heels. I thought they could have made them like the anti-heroes to go against the actual NWO and yeah. be like the, the, the cool, good, like the cool bad guys.